Hi, this is your host, Jeremiah Latimo, and this is Gates of Perception. The totality of the universe is it's just perception. And uh, it's how we perceive things. And uh, there are no facts, only interpretations. The, the psychical events are facts, are realities. And when you observe the stream of images within, you observe an aspect of the world of the world within. And so, you see, the man who is going by the external world, by the influences of the external world, say, society or perceptions, sense perceptions, thinks that he, he is more valid. Don't relate yourself to any person, anything, any idea. Tell me. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. Thank you for allowing me to be a part of your day. And if this is your first time tuning in, welcome. So in today's episode, I want to talk about polarity, like polarity teachings, but really the reason why I'm not a polarity teacher, why I don't identify as one and why I don't teach polarity to my clients. I often use these terms masculine and feminine a lot to convey a specific kind of message, to transmit a specific kind of application, a practical application for both men and women in whatever relationships that they're in. The people that use or the teachers that use masculine and feminine to kind of convey these messages in a similar way are often identified and see themselves as polarity teachers. But I myself do not. And I just want to talk about why I don't teach that or identify as one. But also the kind of the trap behind polarity teachings. So let's just jump into it. So to kind of give you guys a frame and a background for how I got into the work I'm doing now with men and women and what I'm teaching and sharing online is that I came into this from a very spiritual and mystical lens. So what has resonated most for me on my path is Sufism. And I see myself aspiring to be initiated into Sufi traditions, maybe later in the future. But Sufism is just the esoteric teachings of Islam. And so with that, I also identify very closely and relate and resonate very deeply with non-duality teachings. And those are basically the values and the principles in which I actually came into this space uh, was from this spiritual and mystical lens. And when I started working with men and talking about masculinity, I realized that I needed to use this language to convey these messages and support men and kind of getting to something that I was trying to point them to, but I could only use these, these types of frameworks to kind of convey that. And the metaphor that I have for that is like, people can't recognize gold unless you put it in something that they'll be able to uh, recognize for themselves. Like if I have gold, people won't recognize it's gold unless it's shaped in the form of a ring or it's shaped in the form of a coin or it has a price tag associated with it but if i show it to people in the shape of like an acorn or it doesn't have the coloring of gold but it is gold itself then they might not recognize what it is 
And so usually when you're conveying messages and teachings, you have to put it in the context in something that people can actually grasp and start to begin to work with. So the wheel of awareness can start turning inward, right? And so these things can start to be understood and these concepts can start to be kind of grasped and applied on a really uh, uh, deep level. So with that understanding, when I use masculine and feminine and I use these words, I'm specifically talking about energies. That's why anything that I share can be applied to all relationships. And the reason that I want to talk about this today is because I've been sharing a lot of messages that have been kind of confused for polarity teachings, which makes sense. You know, I can tell you about this relationship with a man and how if he starts to embody these qualities of himself, he'll bring more of what he wants to see in his partner, what she wants to embody more, right? It sounds and seems like I'm teaching men to preserve polarity. And that is an aspect of it because a lot of relationships have an unstable foundation. And sometimes the polarity work allows for that foundation to stabilize, allows for people to come into a space where they feel safe, where they can feel connected, where they can feel empowered in their roles and their positions in the relationship. And so where that becomes harmful is when polarity teachings just become repackaged gender roles or other ways in which men can oppress women and dominate over them, right? So I believe that whether these things or these teachings work to bring more passion into the relationship, to establish that foundation of connection, uh, mutual respect and admiration, establish more healthy communication, or allow both people to feel empowered and respected and needed in their designated roles is really based on the teacher that teaches it and also based on the context of the relationship and the two people, right? And so compatibility is a really important thing because people are practicing polarity and trying to do all this polarity work and they're not compatible. Their values are not aligned they share the same interests, but their values are not aligned. Their visions for communication, their visions for the future, the visions for their relationship are not aligned. And so they're trying to do all of this polarity work when there's, there, there aren't these foundational things, there aren't these foundational pillars in the relationship itself. So all the polarity work just becomes an attempt to hack at something rather than attempt to like build on something that is already there, right? Like me trying to hack my car to start working so I can get to work. When the engine is fucked, like it's fucked, it's ruined, the car is wrecked, but I need to hack it, right? So I go on YouTube and I found a little trick to start my car to get from point A to point B, but then I have to hack it again once I get off work, right? And so I have to keep doing that to keep the car going because I'm afraid of letting the car go, or I'm afraid of what the costs might be to repair it, or I don't have the capacity to pay for a new car or pay for the repairs. And so this is really a metaphor for what a lot of people are in as far as the relationship goes. And so that's why it's important to ask those hard questions. Do me and this person's values align? Are we really compatible on a deep level? And that's important to see because, you know, even in nature, you will not find a tiger mating with a giraffe. You won't find a spider mating with a butterfly. You won't find an octopus mating with a whale. It's because they, 
they're inherently incompatible to each other. And so that's why they they just don't <laughs> you don't find these 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 pairs of animals mating, right? So in our relationships, we have to understand that as well. Like essentially, are you a tiger trying to mate with a giraffe? And so from there, you can actually see like, wow, this work, these teachings that I'm integrating into my relationship are actually going to produce a lot of great results, are actually going to produce a lot more connection, a lot more compassion, and a lot more love. Or I need to actually completely reevaluate why I'm doing this and what is motivating me to try to save this relationship because often, more often than not, people that do this with that level of incompatibility always end up feeling more emotionally neglected, always end up feeling more disconnected from the other person. Like they've been self-abandoning on some level. It really depends on the teacher, but it also really depends on the context of the relationship. And so on to why these polarity teachings can really become a trap really quickly and why I feel they're a trap. That's why I work with them from a very detached place. So most people see masculine energy, right, as exclusive to men. And most people see feminine energies as exclusive to women. And so that's why when a woman starts to embody masculine energy, everybody sees that as something wrong, right? as something that needs to be checked, as something that she needs to clear or work on. And when a man embodies feminine energy, it's something that's off about him. It's something that makes him weak. And that's why these polarity teachings are a trap. It's because these archetypes, the archetypes that are associated with the masculine, are not exclusive to men, nor should men be the only ones cultivating this energy? And the feminine archetypes are not exclusive to women, and women should not be the only ones trying to activate and harness and cultivate these energies. Feminine and masculine archetypes are here to help us get a better understanding of the human experience, not the male experience or the female experience, but the human experience. This is why everybody, not just men, not just women, everybody needs to be tuning into how healthy are my masculine archetypes? How healthy and mature are my feminine archetypes? That cultivation and that development must be happening for everybody. These archetypes are images of the collective, of the human experience, of the human subconscious mind. They are not of the male subconscious mind or the female subconscious mind. They're of the human. And so if we feel in our relationships that we're the only ones that need to be cultivating some level of assertiveness, some level of groundedness, some level of direction, right? or compassion, softness, gentleness, and, and this cultivation of a nurturing energy, then we're going to be in relationships where we're outsourcing these other aspects of ourselves to the other person. So if I feel that my partner has to maintain the position of the nurturing one, the loving one, the soft one, the caring one, I then deny my responsibility to embody that myself right? 
And so that's why you have men that have a hard time listening to their woman. You have men that have a hard time being compassionate towards their woman, have a hard time that being nurturing and loving in the home because they believe that the only one that's supposed to be harnessing and cultivating those qualities is their partner. And then women outsource their ability to essentially create structure for themselves. And this is how women become financially dependent on their partners because they're outsourcing their own masculine capacities towards their partner now that they're in a relationship or that they're in this marriage. The ability of, for them to contain themselves, contain their emotions, they outsource to their partner. And men do this as well, right? And so we outsource our ability to nurture our, our own selves, to tend to our own emotions, to mother ourselves in moments where we feel dysregulated, we feel stressed, or we feel overwhelmed. We outsource that to our partners. And so this is what I mean. The cultivation must be happening in both arenas because this is what it means to be a whole person. This is why I don't teach polarity. I'm more interested in helping people recognize their inherent wholeness. And I cannot do that if I'm supporting them in only acknowledging one facet of their whole entire being, one facet of the entire human experience. So the other trap of that is that you also begin to restrict, dilute, and define your partner and yourself under one thing. So I look at my partner, I'm like, oh, she's the woman, she's the feminine, and she embodies these qualities. And then I look at myself and I define and I restrict and I limit myself by those same qualities that adhere to what I identify as, right? As a man or a woman or whatever it is. I define myself by those limitations because they are limitations. And so when I'm limited to these qualities of my being and I'm not open to expanding into other aspects of my whole entire experience, right? Which might be shyness, which might be a lack of clarity or feeling, you know, directionless at times or not knowing what to do or wanting to be fluid maybe, or more receptive to direction and leadership in the relationship, right? There are times where our partners might look at us and have a great idea, but that requires us to be receptive to their leadership and direction. But if as a man, I'm restricting myself to embodying only one facet of my entire being, which is I need to be the leader, I need to have direction, I need to be assertive, when my partner embodies those qualities, I feel less of myself. I feel less of a man, quote unquote. And so that's why in relationships, you have these very restricting roles that people feel under, right? They feel imprisoned by these roles. They feel imprisoned by these qualities of the relationship. And that's just because we, neither one of us are expanding to kind of accept and embrace these other aspects of us that make us whole human beings. Like, Women have wisdom and intelligence, and that wisdom and intelligence is important to be embraced and actually welcomed in the relationship, even encouraged, so that the unit itself, the team itself, can actually take value-based decisions towards a better future 
or a better form of communication or, or a better location, whatever it is, the input of both people are needed. The leadership of both people are needed, right? And so the other way of that is that men also need to embrace their own level of feminine cultivation. And this is why in our relationships, we attract the person that is the embodiment of your masculine energy and the person that is the embodiment of your feminine energy. This is why women get in relationships and they're like, yo, this dude lacks integrity. Like he has no integrity. He's, he's, he's not showing up for the relationship. He's, he's, he's all over the place, right? There's a lot of infidelity. He's lacking so much integrity. But often, more than not, that is a reflection of that person's masculine energy, like the woman's inner masculine energy. Like what is going on with her masculine energy that is out of integrity, that is always compromising her values for safety, for security, for love, for affection, that is being reflected outward to her by this man that she's with. And men are with very emotionally explosive women right that can't regulate themselves that can't manage their own emotions whatever it is right and so that is a reflection of their how developed their own inner feminine energy is and that's why the sight of that leads a man to feel overwhelmed leads a man to want to contain that by gaslighting her by manipulating her by denying her experience right hoping it goes away because he's overwhelmed by that aspect of himself. So if we're taking steps towards building a strong and healthy relationship, it looks like both people occupying their whole selves, right? It means that when you get in partnership, you don't forget your plans for the future. You don't forget that you're intelligent. You don't forget that you have things to say that are valuable, right? You don't forget that you have emotions as well. And that you need those emotions heard, seen, and felt by another person, right? You embrace all of that and you bring it forward into the relationship. And so with me, this is why I, I don't like the polarity teachings, but it actually just focuses on a man occupying one sphere of himself. And it focuses on the woman occupying one sphere of herself. And it becomes harmful because when either person sways off of that, if they're both subscribing to these ideas and these teachings, is that they'll essentially try to force the other person back in line, right? And so polarity teachings become like a ruler that you beat the other person with, right? You're not being too feminine. You're not being masculine enough. And so you're not leading me the way that I need to be led, or you're not surrendering in the way that I need you to surrender, right? It just becomes another way for us to control our partners and to dictate their behaviors and the actions and how they show up in the relationship. It becomes this performance-based kind of love. How well you perform your masculinity or how well you perform your femininity determines how safe I feel around you or how connected I feel to you, right? Or how much I respect you. From that place, we can't actually build healthy, stable, loving relationships. We know for ourselves as children, our parents gave us performance-based love. You act like a good boy, you'll get love, affection, attention, and approval. You act like a bad boy, 
You're going to be sitting in your room by yourself. You're not going to go out to dinner with us. You're not going to get McDonald's. So it's very difficult for us to notice when we're enacting the same things that traumatize us as children and how we're enacting those things on our partners, our loved ones, and the people that we say we care about. So for me, what I see as the embodied mature masculine and as the embodied mature feminine is not exclusive to men or women. It is an individual that has created an inner marriage and an inner sanctuary between he or she's masculine and feminine energy. So based on whichever energy that they find themselves occupying most often, or find themselves more comfortable in embodying, that determines if they're an embodied mature masculine or an embodied mature feminine being. But either way, it's not because that they've it's not because they've embodied or cultivated so much masculine energy, right? And they're the mature masculine. Or they've cultivated so much feminine energy that they're the mature feminine. No, it's that they've brought a sense of union between these energies within themselves. And based on their flesh suits, based on their physical representation, we identify that as an embodied man or an embodied masculine being or an embodied woman or an embodied feminine being. So that's how I see it. And for me, this way of seeing it has actually allowed me to have a deeper sense of integration. Because once I came into my relationship, I actually stopped cultivating my own feminine energy. I was cultivating a lot of feminine energy before I got with my partner. I was very intuitive. I was reading the signs from the earth. I was doing ceremonial things. I was I was resting a lot. I was prioritizing this relationship with my body. I was dancing more. I was just kind of being in this sensual power. I was cultivating this erotic feminine power within myself. And once I got in the relationship, I stopped cultivating that. Like I stopped being in this devotional energy with God and nature and started prioritizing, making sure that my business structure was was established and uh, stable. And I I started cultivating all these other different masculine archetypes, like the warrior, uh, the king. I started healing my lover archetype, all of these things. And so with that, I kind of lost sight of my feminine archetypes, right? I lost sight of my seductress. I lost sight of the goddess. I lost sight of the maiden within myself, even the crone, like cultivating more crone energy. And so, and so that's why I, I share that it's important for both people to do research on all of the archetypes. Robert Moore has a book called King, Warrior, Magician, Lover. Men should not be the only people reading that book. Women also need to read that book as well. And there's a book called Maiden, Mother, Crone. Women should not be the only ones reading that book. I've read that book. Men need to pick up that book, right? And so all of these books that kind of illustrate archetypes of the goddess, archetypes of the divine mother, we all need to be working to cultivate that. Archetypes of the divine father, archetypes of the sacred masculine, we all need to be working to cultivate that because they're essential to us as a human being. They're essential to our recognition of our inherent wholeness. And so the last piece here, as far as the trap goes, is that once you are so fixated on embodying this one aspect of yourself, whether it's masculinity or femininity, you are completely identified with a body. You are identified entirely with your physical body. 
because you see yourself and what you represent and what you present yourself to be in the world, which might be a man, it might be a woman. We're talking heteronormative here, but you might be a man or you might be a woman. And so you identify also with your body as you do that. You identify entirely with your body. And that kind of continues to anchor you into this belief that you are entirely the body. If I, as a man, only focus on my masculine qualities and aspects and energies, cultivating that solely, I continue to essentially anchor myself into this belief that I am a man and I am this body that embodies what it means to be a man. And so from there, it's very hard for me to go beyond this polarity. It's very hard for me to go beyond duality, to see the world in a, from a different lens that does not cater to my binary thinking, a world that is not limited to this or that, black or white, masculine or feminine. I can't expand myself to glimpse that world, to touch that world, and to experience that world because I believe I'm only one thing. And that one thing is the only thing that I need to cultivate and harness. So it's very difficult for me to actually connect to the essence of who I am. It becomes very hard to connect to my own soul because the essence of who I am is not limited to or restricted by masculine or feminine. It exists beyond that and before it. And so when I want to connect to the essence of my partner, but I'm limiting her or him to occupying this certain aspect of themselves, right? Whether it be assertive and grounded or nurturing and compassionate and soft, I'm limiting them to that aspect. So I never get to connect to the essence of who they are. I, I'm robbed of that joy and they're robbed of that experience as well. Because we're seeing each other from this very dualistic perspective. And so that's why I shared earlier that these polarity teachings and these foundational things are important to lay down first. Once you, once you lay these foundations, once you have these pillars established, then it's time to actually throw them out completely. For anyone that's actually gone into deep states of meditation, practice any transcendental breath work, there is a point in which you are working with the principles, the methods, and the techniques that you've learned. And there enters a certain sphere in the practice itself where you have to throw that out to experience something far deeper. And so this is the same in our relationships is once you have the techniques, once you've cultivated the skills together as a unit, once you've learned how to guard your heart, once you have those boundaries set in place where your values can be protected and, 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 and nourished, right? You have to throw all of that shit out. You have to throw it out and actually go beyond all of these things to experience something far more deeper, but something that we each are longing for and crave, but it can only be experienced once these foundational things are there. If that is not there, then what happens is that the expression of what you experience in these other states in your relationship are always going to be distorted. Because in this work, you have to go from physical to spiritual. You cannot start spiritual and then go to physical. Because if you do, 
if you don't have a foundation on a physical level, everything that you experience in the spiritual will always be distorted. If my body is not healthy, and I've been eating a lot of junk food, I have a lot of parasites, I haven't done a cleanse ever in my life, and I have all of these limiting beliefs and ideas about who I am, and I hate the world, and I hate women, I hate men, and I have all of this trauma that I have not looked at at all, and I enter into a spiritual sphere, everything that I experience there is going to be a representation of my physical body. What is going on inside of my physical body? So unless I work with the physical, then I can't really perceive things on a spiritual plane from a very clear-sided way, from a very undistorted fashion. I can't do it. That's why anyone that goes to any ayahuasca retreat, they require you to cleanse the body, to maybe even throw up a couple of times. They put people through a cleanse because if that cleanse does not happen, then everything that you see on the spiritual plane will be essentially distorted on a very high scale. So the work is essentially polishing the mirror of our hearts. And once that mirror is polished, we can see reality a bit more clearer. The mirror, you can never fully polish the mirror, but you can do enough polishing to where you can see what is actually being reflected back to you. If that mirror is not polished, you may distort the image of a person with the image of a frog or the image of a ghost or the image of a dark figure because the mirror is not polished. So once you polish it, you can recognize, okay, this is a person and you do a little more polish and you can recognize, okay, this is that person, right? And so that's where the work is. And that's why these relationship foundational things are very important because we, we can't go into these other realms where we want to be boundless. We want to tap into and touch the timeless and eternal when we are not working with these very, these very primal energies. We have to do that work first. And all of these other things become a lot more possible and feel a lot more safe to go into because part of that work is essentially dissolving what you believe yourself to be. Like it's an annihilation of all of those things. And that can seem frightening to the ego. So once you have the foundation established, those are things that you can actually enter into. Those are spheres that you can actually go into. So I'm going to end this episode here. And, and this is just with a question for every individual to ask themselves. And as, as a man, how healthy and mature are my feminine archetypes? And as a woman, how healthy and mature are my masculine archetypes? And so based on those responses, we know where our work lies. We know where integration can take place. And then we can actually maybe prevent this level of outsourcing our own work to our partner because they are masculine dominant or because they're a feminine dominant that I feel that I can outsource the cultivation of my own feminine energy onto my partner or I can outsource the cultivation of my own masculine energy onto my partner. And so that only creates performance-based love because we're just avoiding our own work and trying to get the other person to do the things that we don't want to do
With that said, thank you so much for joining me for this episode today. I hope you enjoyed it. Let me know what your thoughts are, share your input, share anything you feel I left out or would like me to talk about on a future episode. Just drop it down below. With that, thank you so much for being here and wish you guys a beautiful day and a beautiful evening. And I'll see you on the next one. Peace.